Crawl, I am reporting to you, not live, outside of my closet. I want you to know I'm re- resisting the urge to comment on that, even though saying that means I've commented on it. Hi, everyone. How are we? Um, good Lord. I, everyone I've talked to, and it makes me like, okay, so it makes me I'm, it's not that I'm wanting everyone to feel the way I feel, but it makes me feel less alone that every, that everyone I've talked to feels the way I feel right now. I just like anyone having a hard time, just that's the end of the sentence. Anyone having a hard time? It's like, oh my gosh, I was talking to my friend yesterday and I haven't seen her in a little bit. And she was like, yeah, like, she's like, I basically have like not. She's like, I just work and then I put my earbuds in. She had the funniest saying. She goes, I'm buying audiobooks like I'm doing drugs. She's like, I just, I'm working and then I'm putting in an audiobook. And I was like, you know, as far as like vices and disassociating tactics go, that's not bad. You know, you could be doing literal drugs, you know. But so many people I've talked to is just like, I, I, everyone is just at their like wits end and taking care of mental health has been harder and harder these days. Um, I have done so much reading since the last time we have talked about the Gaza is real conflict. Um, And it's, I still stand with the say that how like I uh, it's really fucking sad and it's wild to me that people that I know who are normally in agreement on most everything you know everything like that don't know each other but you know I'm friends with them on social media or in real life and like in every other topic these people are always like sort of in the same school of thought and it's just totally divided and and my friend put it in the best possible way both sides want you know like both you know people are who are you know I don't even I don't even like talking about this on here because I I, one I don't want to misspeak um I don't want to say incorrect information I don't want but I think my, my friend put the it the best way she said I think a lot of people are missing the and part of it you know like it's it's so like what's happened with Israeli people and Israel is awful and the terrorist attack was awful and what's happening to the Palestinians like we're literally watching thousands of people die and what's happening to the Palestinians is awful. Like people are just seeing their side. And I think, I, I don't know, and it's, it's so hard to watch. And it's like you don't, it is like the balance of like 
being informed, but also being able to be a functional human in your life because, you know, we still have to live our lives and we still have to pay our bills and we still have to like maintain some level of level headedness. <laughs> um, I'm just really sad and I'm, I, I'm really confused by a lot of the responses I see on both sides. Also, Biden called it the other team. And I think that's what I've been seeing a lot. There's a there's a account that I believe most of you know about. Um, it's called Quentin Tarantino. Quentin, it's it's a play of Quentin Tarantino's name, but I cannot think of it. You you if you know it, you know it. It's it's a, like a meme account that this guy started at the beginning of lockdowns. It was just like, hey, I'm gonna start this. Um, I'm gonna do this account you know, just during the lockdowns and it got like a wild following and he's raised like millions of dollars for many social issues and it's a great account and he put it best a few weeks ago that this isn't a sports game that we're rooting for a team and when Biden said that was the other team, it's just all so m messy and sad and meanwhile like a lot of innocent people, children are, are dying and and it's in a world where misinformation is just so easily spread and you have to double like I don't know you have to double check like like quadruple check each thing you learn and then when you quadruple check the last one you check it says what you just learned was wrong so then you have to quadruple check that it's just really and I want to be informed you know but I also am under the school of thought of like these celebrities that are coming out with these like, you know, grandstand stances on this when it has nothing, when it, you know, not that it doesn't have anything to do with them. Obviously this has something to do with all of us. This is, we have two massive wars happening in this world right now. It's so sad. Um, but I think people think, oh, I need to say something. I need to have an opinion, even if I'm not fully educated on this subject. And I'm tired and I'm sad and I don't want to look away because I think it's important to be knowledgeable because this is, ah, uh, so that's one thing that um, I think everybody I've talked to is just like, I don't know what, like with, uh, like taking care of your mental health, um, we're watching some horrific shit that's going to be in history books, you know, that is happening in real time. And, and people are like, you need to take a side. Otherwise, someday you're going to be like, I wasn't on the right side of history. And you're not going to be able to look people in the eye. And like, it's just it's it's I don't think that kind of stuff is productive right now. I think listening to each other and being informed. And like my friend said, hearing the and this isn't a sports game. You don't have to, you're not picking sides of a team to win. There's an and. Oh, it's so sad. And then, you know, every, you know, it's just inflation. I never thought I would be a person that was like, I'm kind of affected by inflation. And I don't know why I never thought I would be a person that I just, you know, like I, I've, in all of the big, like economic, issues like inf you know um what word am I looking for I was gonna say boom but that's not the right word um you know the 2008 crash where it was like you know th the economy was fucked up the economy's fucked up now 
and all the ones as an adult, I've been a bartender at like a dive bar. So those places statistically do well when the world's not doing well because people drink when they're sad or scared, right? So I never was affected by any of that. And I don't mean to sound like I was never affected, so I didn't care. And obviously, if you listen to this, you know I'm never going to be a person that's like that, that if I'm not affected, I'm not going to care. Um, I, I, I don't wish I was one of those people, but I do envy. I had a cousin um, when uh, COVID first started and we were in lockdowns. We were Zooming with the family and <laughs> she goes, we were talking about people not wearing masks or not isolating and going to parties and going out and like not giving a fuck. And this was like in the time where we had no idea about COVID, you know, and I like, it was like really fucking scary and it is still really scary. We've just decided much like gun violence in this country that we just are going to, it's just a part of it. You know, people are going to get COVID, people are going to get sick and we're going to move on because our economy and capitalism is much more important than lives. And, um, so we were talking about people not caring and my cousin goes, you just can't expect people to not care about something that doesn't affect them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can. You literally just described empathy. You know who doesn't have empathy? Sociopaths, like killers, serial killers. Like what? And she said, and you know, this is a cousin of mine that this is how she operates under all circumstances. It's she puts herself first. And, uh, and if it doesn't affect her, she doesn't care if it affects her. She cares only if it, you know, like that's just how she's always been. But like people like I, I don't even know what made me say, oh, me say, so if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm not like that, but I just, I've never been affected by inflation the way I just feel like all I, and I, and a lot of people I've talked to, it's like, I feel like all I do is work. All I do is work. And and I'm trying to find a balance because I still am trying to launch this dream of mine. And I and by launch, I act like I'm like at the bottom of the dream. I'm like in the dream. You know what I mean? I'm living the dream. It's great. I love it. And I'm, but it, it, it is, it's just a lot right now. And it seems like there's not really an end in sight um, with wars, with the people who are, in, and then we have an election coming up and who the fuck knows what's going to take place in there. Cause a lot of people re I mean, I, that's funny. My buddy, you guys know, a lot of, you know, Jeff may, he has a joke. I believe it's his joke. I believe it's him that says this. And if I'm wrong, don't quote me. Um, but I think it's him that I were like the, the fuck Brandon crowd who are like saying fuck Brandon. And if you don't know what that is, it's something that the, the MAGA people, it's their code to say fuck Joe Biden. And I can't remember where it or originated from. Someone thought like misheard someone. It was some Google it. I don't know. I saw the story. It was really dumb. Um, but he has a joke where he's like, you don't have to have a s secret code to say fuck Biden. Like we all, even the people who voted for Biden don't, didn't want to vote for Biden. We just don't want the other guy in there. And I just, oh. And all you can, and then you're like, all you can do is just go on your little hikes and do your daily meditations and try and take care of yourself the best you can. And that's literally all you can do. Um, I have had my, I'm like, my mic is in a weird spot. So I keep almost hitting it like that guy who I went on that date with who kept hitting the drinks to put his arm around me and who now has blocked me. That is bananas to me. Um, the only people I've ever blocked are literal ex-boyfriends, 
men on the internet who have sent me dick pics, told me they were going to rape me, harass me, those kind of things, and my father. Other than that, I have not blocked anyone. Like, I can't imagine, not follow me, I guess. I don't know, but it's just to block a person. It's just so, like, we went on one date. We didn't have some epic love. Like, I don't know. Um, but that's how I feel about the mic now. I keep hitting it awkwardly, but I'm, I have a new setup, and I do like the new setup. But yeah, I, and you know, you try and I, I'm recommitting myself to my 12-step program, my ACA. Uh, I have been, I don't know if the right word is taking a breather from it. It's not that I like consciously, I just had this meeting I would go to every week and that was my meeting that I would go to. And if you are familiar with 12 Steps, one of the traditions in, um, 12-step meetings is that you transfer positions. So like no one person is in charge. There is one meeting I tried to go to last night in the same broad. I'll get to that. Has been running it for like three years. And I just can't go to it because I'm like, it's a blatant disregard and disrespect for the traditions that this, like you're not the CEO of this meeting, but she somehow has become the CEO. And like a hundred people have been like, that's cool. Um, but like, that's part of the traditions, right? So not anyone's in charge, um, whatever, right? So I used to go to this meeting or my main meeting and there were three of us that who are dear friends of mine that were circulating the positions essentially, right? It's like every three months. And so one of us was the leader and then one of us was the treasurer and one of us, you know, like we were like circulating and then it was getting, and it was like pulling teeth to get people to take positions or read even in the meeting and it became a place of stress more than healing and recovery and so you know once we had our next elections the three of us were like hey we can't take any more positions we've done them all a bunch of times someone needs to set up step up or there's no meeting right and that's like kind of how it works and so after we were kind of abrupt about it, not abrupt, but like boundary setting about it of just like, we're not doing this again anymore. We're not in charge of this. No one's in charge of this. And in order for it to be a healthy meeting, we have to, we have to switch power. We have, right? No one's in charge. Um, and so I, when, you know, somebody volunteered and we, they got a secretary or whatever, and I haven't been to a meeting since. And it's because it's, a lot of the people in a, in a lot of the people in my program are people like me who, you know, grew up in like severe abuse. And so it's, it's hard to find great rooms. And when you find one, you stick to it. But I, I, that room had become, I don't know. Now I'm like, I'm like all over the place. I just, I'm being like vague on purpose because of anonymity, but I just haven't been to a meeting since then because that was my meeting and I it just became a source of like stress rather than healing and recovery so I was like I'll just take a break from that find another meeting and every week I was like I'll find another meeting I'll find another meeting and I have enough recovery and enough like I've done enough work on myself that I um oh no I'm trying to I've done enough recovery and enough work on myself that like I don't backslide right away. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, it wasn't like a week after not going to meetings, I was fucked and codependent and obsessing and all that stuff. It was like two weeks ago it started and now I'm back going to meetings, but um, I'm having a hard time finding some and I'm like in this process where I'm like, universe, what are you trying to teach me? 
So this woman who uh, has been in charge of this meeting and, you know, for a few months or a few years, the one I was just talking about, I went to a new one on earlier this week, new meeting earlier this week, and she was the speaker. And I was like, oh, I really need a meeting. All right, I'll stay. Maybe I'll get something out of it. And then the next night I went to the meeting and like, and I, and, and there's just something in the air that I'm like, universe, are you trying to teach me surrender, uh, patience, open-mindedness, probably all three, right? Cause I am working with a few people this week that I just, that are tough people to work for or work with. They're just tough. And there's just been a lot of little pockets of like, all right, I will, I will work through this, but I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm. Now I feel like I'm talking in circles. Uh, yeah, I do feel like I'm talking in circles. And then I like blanked out. But I'm back in meetings. Oh, that's so I realized I I'm having I realized I'm backsliding. One of my main things when I'm backsliding is being afraid that people are going to abandon me and overthinking, overanalyzing, gaslighting myself like I got in a little argument with a friend of mine and I like spent the next three days terrified he and his girlfriend were never going to talk to me again. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, that is the thing we need to look at because that is my codependence, my codependence of like, you know, if you leave me, I will die. And and I and that was like, oh, as soon as that happened, I was like, we got to get to a meeting. We got to get to a meeting, especially right now. Oh, I accidentally started a alarm. I set an alarm for 1030. I don't know how long ago, but every day I just don't turn it off. I just stop it. And then the next day at 1030, I'm like, all right, I forgot about that. And I know right now as I'm talking about it, I should just turn off the alarm, but I'm not going to. But like. And it scares me every day. I'm like, oh, it's 1030. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense. This is how you can tell where I'm at mentally right now. I'm just like kind of circling, spiraling. I know all this, the steps and tools I need to do to get back to myself and get back to alignment. Um, I just love that when you are like, I'm on a journey of getting back to myself and getting back to alignment. You the universe seems to like throw a lot of stuff at you. Like in program, I keep having inter encounters with this woman that I just don't really care for. And, um, and kind of triggers me. She's a lot like my mother and uh, in the victiminess, like very, like she triggers me. Right. And so I also, and then I'm also working with some people that are just tough to work with, just really tough to work with. Not, um, uh, like in a sense that like they're really entitled but don't know what the hell they're doing but and also are like what can you do for me and I'm not gonna I'm gonna do the bare minimum on this job because I don't care about it and you're like cool you doing the bare minimum equals I have to do so much more work because I do care about my job um, is it what I want to do with my life no am I grateful for it absolutely I am going to San Francisco this week um Oh my God. So they, uh, this job, you know, the hosting event, the guacamole job, as a lot of my friends so lovingly call it. Um, I'm doing, they do a, like a scavenger hunt 
in the SF MoMA, which is the big museum there. And I've co-hosted it. So there's a, usually a host and then there's a co-host, right? And the co-host for this, it's super fucking easy. You just stand there and hang out in the museum for like an hour and 15 minutes. And then they all do their like picture submissions. And then an hour, 15 minutes, you have four minutes to like look through all the pictures and pick your favorite and pick a winner. It's super easy, right? You don't have to memorize anything about the museum you don't have to do anything right um it's so easy that the time i did it i felt like i had done something wrong because i hadn't done anything you know like it was like and so i'm going there this week to do another one and i just i was scared you know i, I knew about this for i don't know um like a month right and so i read it really quickly there's 130 people on this this fucking thing on this tour and I read it really quickly and I thought that I was still a co-host so last night I was reading through the notes and I have to memorize um four different stories for this museum by Thursday it's I have a lot like it's like uh, which will be fine. It's fun. And I know the stories like briefly because I watched, you know, I read them. I watched the host that I was co-hosting for tell them and I have time and I'll be paid for my time to do so. But I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I feel like this pot, like this is the part of the program where I'm like, should I just start over? Um, oh, so I am going to San Francisco. I'm going to San Francisco for one day. Um, uh, which is so funny. I've never done one of these where I'm going to fly in early in the morning and then fly out that night and, uh, which will be great. It'll be fine. And in between, I have enough time. Have I ever told you guys about my love for the bread bowl? The like, and I know actually in, in San Francisco, it's like going to be like 60 degrees, which is fucking perfect, which is fucking October weather. I've lived in Los Angeles for 20 years and I'm still not used to it being hell hot in October. To be fair, for 20 years, it was not always hell hot. Um, that is the climate change that we are seeing. Oh my God. It's such a, it's every day to like, not only the wars that are going on, but then every day you have to read about how dumb some of the people who are in charge of us are. And it's just, I just, I, I, there, someone left me a, um, a review on this podcast, which if you have a moment, please do. So um, I don't even know if like I'm mom's tired, man. Uh, but yeah, so somebody left me a review and their, their screen name or their handle was mom is tired. And it made me laugh. And so that's you. Hi, I have no idea still who it is. I have no idea who it is. And I it's so funny to me. Um, but since I read your review like three years ago, I say that all the time and that's how I feel right now is mom is tired mom is tired it's just it feels like my friend had it right it feels like we're like in a marathon but on a treadmill so it's just like not ever gonna there's not an ending spot you're just on a treadmill running and there's no destination it's just a weird time in history horrible time in history a weird time in my mental history am i like kim crawl's history and everyone i've talked to is just like i can't pinpoint why i feel this way but i'm not sleeping i'm getting migraines again oh my god i got my uh, a migraine for the first time 
on uh i always got headaches after covid but i never got like migraines and on monday i was like oh i feel my head really hurts and normally if your head hurts you just take some drugs and you're fine right um but like monday i was like i literally i can't function and then tuesday i had to like lay down and like in the dark and I thought I was going to throw up. My head hurt so bad. And then I Googled it last night. I'm like, oh yeah, these are migraines. The last time I had one of these was when I was a child. And I will never forget it. I was at my great grandfather's assisted living house. This is so weird. I don't even know. Great grandfather lived in like a, a um, assisted living community or like, but it wasn't like there was a nurse. They each had their own little house and they all looked the same. This is like in Lyman, Colorado, I think. And so like a small town in Colorado and all the houses looked the same. It was like a neighborhood. It reminds me of, did you guys see this movie? And it really scared me. And I don't remember the name of the movie, uh, but it, it had the guy from um, fucking what movie? That Facebook movie. I can't describe movies because I don't know anyone's name. Uh, the guy who was in the Facebook, the social, ex the, no, not the, the Facebook movie, right? When he was in that movie, he was in this other movie where this couple wants to buy a house and then they go to this like suburb where everything looks all the houses look exactly the same and then they get trapped there and then they have to raise this like thing that looks like a little boy and then it grows up into a man pretty quickly and he terrifies me since seeing that movie I, I'm I'm scared. Like I'm I live alone. I've lived alone for a very long time. I'm not afraid really of stuff. Like I'll watch a scary movie and I'm not like ooh, you know I'm not like when I was a kid. I thought Chucky was gonna come get me. Like I know that that's not gonna happen. But like this man, it haunts my dreams. Anyway, the assisted living home looked like that neighborhood where it was just like all the houses looked exactly the same, but like kind of eerily. And maybe that's just my like, m just like my memory painting a different picture, but that's what I remember. And I would spend time there and I had a great grandma, but she died when I was pretty young, but my great granddad lived for kind of a long time and I would just be dropped off there. And the guy was like 90, like he wasn't like in any like, capacity to take care of a, a nine-year-old you know what I mean but it was just like I mean you guys know my parents so I was he's my mom's grand grandpa so I would just be dropped off at this guy's house in an assisted living community but there wasn't like a nurse it was just like a house that if he you know there were nurses nearby if something happened he could like push a button right and I was there and my head hurt really bad and I remember just being in this house and I don't, I think we had water. I don't know if there was any food. I know he just like slept most of the time I was there. That I just remember this day so clearly because it was the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And I was so young and I was alone, essentially. I mean, he was asleep. He was there, but like, you know, I was, if I told him what was going on, what was he going to do? You know, so I like, I just like laid there and I remember I was like, what if this headache never goes away? And those, they're back. Um, I feel like that's one of those stories that I tell sometimes where you're like, it's fine. And then I tell it out loud and I'm like, man, that they really just left me to my own devices all the time, 
all the time. Uh, most kids at nine would be like, mom, I have a headache and your mom would take care of you. I was just like, oh, I'm in my 90 year old great grandpa's uh, random assisted living home. And this is why I'm funny. This is right here. Stories like that is why I'm funny. Um, but I've been getting these headaches and I, I, and everybody I've been talking to is just like, yeah, my anxiety's crazy high or yeah, all I do is sleep or all I want to do, like my friend, all I do is work and listen to audiobooks. She's like, I just have my ed- headphones in all the time. And well, it's just a really, just be not that, you know, that's 27 minutes of me just saying, be kind to yourself, check in. It's a fucked up time. It's a really sad time. And it's a really expensive like crazy it's crazy we're allowing this and that we have no power over this like if you watch a chart of how like the 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 cost of living and the wages how they've like you know diff- like a chart of like the cost of living has gone like through the roof and the cost and like the wages have stayed relatively the same um my neighbor just moved out and i got a new neighbor I'm not excited about it, you guys. I just, I don't, I don't mind most change. In fact, my like ADHD brain needs it in order to like be interested. But the type of change I don't like is like my living situation, like my safety. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, I don't know this guy from Adam. I haven't, he's a very loud walker. I will say that he has walked by my apartment several times in the last few days and is he jumping like is he just like perfect like he's a very loud walker and I'm like can you I just it's like the weird fine I'm all over the place today I have not taken my Adderall I have to save that because I have a bunch of work after this and I'm going to get my nails done because I'm going to give myself an hour and a half to just like zone out and not think about anything and then afterwards I'm going to take my Adderall so maybe you're probably like hey this is like old crawl space before she was diagnosed with ADHD it's fine it went on for a long time it's okay um there's still a through line I'm still going to go to the bread bowl and I'm still going to finish talking with a neighbor but there's a fine line right now with a new neighbor now I've talked to you guys about my neighbors and I've talked to you about my feelings on neighbors. In fact, the neighbors I love very much. How many times can I say neighbors? Uh, I talked about them early on in crawl space cause I didn't know them and I like did not want to be friends with them. I like waved and smiled. It was just like, for the love of God, uh, please don't talk to me when I leave my home. Like, I was uh, like, I I was just like, oh God, if I leave my apartment, it means I have to go somewhere and chances are I'm like right on time or like moments from being late. So I don't have time for four small talk with a neighbor. I don't know. And I had this whole podcast about it. And now they're like, we, and now they're my friends and they're like, we'd love to listen to it. And they're like, but you said we can't because you talk shit about us. And I'm like, I don't even know if I talk shit except for, uh, one time. So the girl who is one of my dear friends now, um, she has really long hair and then one day her hair was all gone and she shaved it and I and I told her this the other day I was like I talked about this where you were like smiling at me as I was walking by and in my head I was like don't care you have no more hair don't want to know about it don't want to be your friend don't want to engage don't talk to your neighbors like that was my and then the lockdowns happened and we kind of had no option right and so I got to know I always knew the guy who just moved out like we've always been friendly we've had numbers like we've always like but he's like the perfect neighbor in terms of like boundaries right I'm sweating um it's also a weird I'm really close to my computer screen um it's also a weird time weather wise in Los Angeles it's so hot and kind of cold at night like so 
I'm like sweating. I don't know. I'm a mess, you guys. My life is in shambles. Um, it's not really, uh, but but he was like the perfect neighbor, right? Because it was just like you know he he didn't stomp across the fucking you know in front of our doors like he was a dinosaur. I don't understand why this guy walks so hard. Um, and I understand that my brain is gonna want to find something fucked up about him because I miss my old neighbor Mike. But in the lockdowns, uh, Mike and then my other neighbors that are next to me um, that I'm friends with started to have like little get togethers because we were all in lockdown and we all were spent we're near each other anyway. So I started I got close to them, which is great because then I got close. They they had a cat named Henry as well, who passed like 45 days before my Henry died, which is wild. But I got to know them. They got to know Henry. They've never met Lucy, but they take care of her. And when they're out of town, I take care of their other cat. And so it's like super great. And like but I've never wanted to get to know my neighbors and this is, and, and I'm grateful I did. And like, they have wonderful boundaries and I've realized now that like when they see me sometimes they also have the, I don't have time to talk feeling. So we have this great balance of like when I, if we're like, Oh, we have moments, we'll talk for a little while. But if not, we're like, Hey, I gotta get going and no one's mad. Right. No one's like, what the fuck? But we're now in a weird spot where the new neighbor, and I don't know if this makes me crazy or if this, if I'm overthinking it, you be the judge, you do the math. Um, it's a fine line right now. I'm whispering because I don't, I don't know him. What if he's like at my door listening? What if he's creepy? What if he's crazy? I don't know. My, my neighbor I'm close to, he says he met him briefly and he seems like just an older gay guy, which I was like, perfect. I'll take that. I'll take that. He said he seems loud, but I'm like, that's great. I don't mind. I don't. And you don't want to, okay, it's a fine line. You don't want a neighbor that's like crazy quiet because then they expect you to be crazy quiet, right? Like if they're like, we're really quiet. We and I think I've just lived in a big city for 20 years and I've had a gambit, gambit's the right word, right? I've had a plethora of wild card neighbors. I mean, I told you about the French lady a couple weeks ago. One time I, when I lived in the, when I lived in the, um, I lived in like this bachelor the, where the French lady lived, where it was like this one room apartment with like a hot plate and a small fridge. And then my dad gave me a giant freezer or like a little freezer so I could have, I could freeze shit and like a bathroom and a closet. Right. And so I, this one was my bad. I was 21 and I was accustomed to living in a house. And I also lived with a man who did not have any care for other humans. Because uh, he lived, my dad lived in an apartment after he lost our house years ago. And he would listen to his music, like the bass insanely loud, right? And by he didn't care about other people in that. Even I as a child would be like, dad, can you please turn down the music? And he would be with my aunt and uncle partying and he'd be like, oh, have fun, whatever. It's like, I'm 10 and I want to go to sleep. Please turn off the music, right? So he had no regard. And then he moved into this apartment. He told me this story years ago. It was f wild. I feel like I told on myself with the Adderall. And now I think every, I'm, my brain is overthinking everything. I think everyone is mad at me. I'm overthinking, like I'm, I am working on it. I had a back, like I, I, I had a little bit of a backslide with my, with my program and I know I need to go to that. Otherwise I lose my strong sense of self and it is fine. We are fine, but I am telling on myself anyway. So 
he told me this story when he was living in the apartment, which is wild. So he would listen to his, so I have his two old speakers, which are like beautiful, big, loud fucking speakers. They are not hooked up. I use them as tables because they are bass loud. And he would listen to them when we had a house, which was still like out of control loud, right? But he said he one time he was listening to his music and he never locked his door, right? Because he was like a dude. So he had no fear of the world. And he, and plus we lived in like Littleton, Colorado. So he was like in his apartment listening to the music. And I can't tell, you know, those, those cars that drive by and you can hear the bass and you're like, who needs to, like, why, why? My dad would listen that loud. And he said he's dancing in his apartment, whatever. I don't know if he was dancing, but he was listening to music. And this man came in and my dad was like, I almost killed him. And the guy was like, I was pounding on your door. You weren't listening. So I tried to open the door. It was unlocked. I came in here to tell you to turn down your music. Like you live in an apartment. This is crazy. And my dad was like, get the fuck out. And he said, my dad was a really big guy. So we like, and he was so proud how he like scared the man out of his apartment. And I was like, kind of sounds like you shouldn't be listening to your music that loud, dude. Um, Cause I learned that years earlier no one ever taught me that because I was raised by that guy. So I was in the stu- my like bachelor apartment, which is smaller than a studio. I was in it and I had my radio in the room and I would play it loud enough to where I could fully hear every single lyric in the shower. So like way too loud to be playing it in the small space like that. So rude, right? And, you know, we all live and learn. And so one day I got a knock on the door and I opened the door and this little lady was standing out there and she was like, hi, um, I live like five apartments away and I can hear your music every day. Do you, can you maybe not listen to it as loud? And I remember being like, what the fuck? Well, it's not even that big of a deal. Da, da, da. And then I like, you know, I thought about it because I'm an open reflective person. And I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need to be listening to it that loud. And I bought a tiny little radio for my bathroom so I could listen to my music in my bathroom and not disturb everybody. And then a, a, a few days later, I, I walked out of my apartment and sitting on my stoop was a little coffee mug with a little thank you coffee mug. It said thank you on it and it had candy in it. It was from that neighbor thanking me for turning down my music. And I was like, what a sweet lady. I couldn't pick that lady out of a lineup now. I do still have that mug and I can't get rid of it because I love that story. And I love how that woman was so kind to my shittiness of as a neighbor, right? So you don't want the crazy quiet neighbor. You don't want, oh yeah, I'm going into all my weird neighbors. So then before uh, uh, my, the couple that live next door, next door that are my friends, uh, before they moved in, there was a dude named Manny, this huge dude. And he had all of his friends over all the time. And they were pretty loud, but they were so nice. And they were my first neighbors in this apartment, the apartment I live, my one bedroom, I live alone in Hollywood. Um, and they were so nice. Like I would come home and with like lots of groceries and they would come out and be like Kim we can help you with your groceries or like anything that would happen they would always be there I think they got evicted but I don't know why and then the next neighbor was this like like 40 year old or 30 something British guy who used to play the guitar I know you guys are probably like why don't you hit on him because I was still in my phase of I do not want to make friends with any of my neighbors at all costs but that guy he used to sing and he had a really pretty voice and I could hear him in my apartment and that doesn't bother me because it wasn't like a loud terrible flute or something you know it was like 
you could just it was like noise you hear in an apartment when you live in an apartment not like that guy is playing a fucking bass whatever but every like so what we do here the apartment and a lot of apartments do this you put out your trash outside your door and then you take it down when you're leaving right so a lot of people have just their trash sitting outside their door whatever when I would do that this guy would take out my trash and it took me a long time to know it was him because I would walk out and the trash would be gone and I would be like that's weird and and then one day I was sitting on my couch and I watched him just walk over and pick it up and I was like oh my god and then he moved out and then it was the couple that I'm friends with but I, I oh no that's a lie after he moved out the lady who yelled to the devil which I've told you guys about her a lot that poor woman oh man she used to have unexpl- like unexplicably wet hair all the time she had long blonde hair she was probably 60 always wet and I I don't under I don't know why always wet and she uh after my dad died you know I had people a a bunch of guys comedy guys which is wonderful help me move all my dad's stuff into my apartment and so one day I was sitting outside and I was smoking because I was still smoking I'm sitting outside and she was like hi are you moving and I was like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, I saw a bunch of people taking boxes. And I was like, oh, they were coming in. They weren't going out. And she's like, oh. I was like, yeah, my dad passed away. So I got a bunch of his stuff I got to go through. And then she got this really dark, harrowing look on her face. And she says, everyone I know has died. I was like, oh, boy. And that's what, like after I know she screams to the devil. I mean, I've told you guys about her, right? Like, screams the devil, like, murder him, murder him, devil, devil, Satan, Satan, fuck me, fuck, I mean, just insane, right? And I, yeah, I'm telling the story again, if you haven't heard and you're new. So I called my landlord, and I was like, hey, we live in an apartment, so, uh, we live in an apartment, so, like, I expect to hear neighbor's noise from, you know, from time to time. It's just part of the business of living in an apartment in a big city. So I'm not complaining about that, but uh, this is what's happening and I just feel like you probably ought to have a record of it. Like, this bitch is going to burn this place to the ground. And I feel like you need to maybe check in on her. And, like, maybe do something about it. Right? And at the time, a little weirdo lived below her. This, like, weird dude who I think I told... So, he... um I don't need to keep saying I think I told you. If I did tell you and you re- don't remember, there's a lot of new crawl spacers every week. Crawl spacer. That's fun. Um he one time knocked on my door. He would knock on my door a lot. And I had uh, this boyfriend named Rob at the time. And anytime Rob would open the door, the guy would just stare at Rob. And Rob would be like, hi, can I help you? And he would just like freaked out, stare at Rob. And then I would pop up and be like, hey, what's up? And he'd be like, oh, hi, you're here. Like wouldn't talk to Rob, would just stare at him. And like one time he was like, hey, and this is when you would buy DVDs from Amazon. That's how long I've been living in this apartment. So one time he's holding a DVD and it's, did I recently tell you guys the story? I feel like I did. It's fine. Uh, he's holding a DVD and uh, he goes, hey, um, I got this in my mailbox by mistake. I opened it because I didn't know it was not for me. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. And I grab it. And you know that like scene where the person won't give it to you and he's holding on to it. And he's like, I really wanted to see this movie, though. And I was like, oh, okay, would you like to borrow the movie? He's like, yeah, great, thanks. And then he ran away. This movie was actually a movie that has Sarah Michelle Gellar, Justin Timberlake, Stifler. I don't remember that guy's name. Sean Patrick Flannery. I don't know his name. Uh, and The Rock in it. And I will tell you that 16-year-old Kim 
was in heaven when she saw that Justin Timberlake and Sarah Michelle Gellar were in the same movie. I do not feel the same way about Justin Timberlake as I did at 16. I do feel the same way about Sarah Michelle Gellar as I did at 16. Um, but yeah, then so like the landlords blamed that guy for her screaming. They were like, yeah, we're trying to get rid of that guy. And apparently they're in like this feud and that's who she's yelling at. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not what's happening. But okay, my landlord's kind of an idiot. So I was like, yeah, okay. And then they finally kicked that guy out and the screaming kept going. And then one time my friend Katie was watching my cats and I came back and she was like, um... Did the, the neighbor, your neighbor, I was like, oh my God, you hear it too? Because I started to believe I was making it up. And then another neighbor moved in, this couple who I love, they moved in below her and they basically met, like, e like wrote an official letter to the landlord that was like, this is unacceptable. We are losing sleep. Like, I mean, she was screaming all hours of the night. It was really scary, actually. It like, wasn't funny. It was actually really scary and sad. And they were like, we're losing sleep. You're not doing anything about this. So here, like, he like looked into it and a lawyer that was like, we're going to get either get a discount for living here or you're going to fix this. But we are not living like it was. And then she was asked to leave. And I asked my landlord, I'm like, what happened? And he goes, you could kind of tell that this wasn't the first time because she literally was like, oh, okay. So a lot of crazy neighbors over the years. So this is like the fine. This is what I've been trying to say. This is the fine line moment, right? You don't want to be too friendly because then they'll think, oh, we're best friends and now I can knock on this person's door whenever I want. And I don't like that. This is my home. This is my space. I don't like uninvited guests. I don't know how people fucking did it in the 90s where people just swung by all the time. I do not like that. That gives me anxiety. Um, so you don't want to be too friendly because you don't want him to feel too comfortable knocking on your door, looking in like when he walks by and your doors, windows are open. And he's like, oh, I Kim. You don't want him to feel comfortable doing that. But you don't want to be cold. You don't want to be a bitch. You know what I mean? Because you also want that guy to be on your side that if he does hear you listening to your, 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 your movie a little too loud, he's more inclined to talk to you and be like, hey, can you turn that down instead of like calling and getting you in trouble? right it's just a fine line right now and then as as time goes on you give him a little bit more privilege of like hey i'm actually a cool person oh hey you know what i mean but like you can't give a mouse a cookie right now you just can't do it right you just can't do it but i would really truly appreciate it if he stopped like i don't know running up and down the thing i i don't know but at least I'm probably overthinking this. Like, I'm overthinking everything. But yeah, so the bread bowl. We're back to that. <laughs> I think that's where this whole thing began. So I love that bread bowl. The bread, you, I guess you can get it at Disneyland too. I didn't know it was a Disney thing. And then that my friend who is somehow heavily affiliated, she sings for Disney. I don't know, but she explained this to me. She was like, yeah, it's, you get it at Disneyland in San Francisco. I don't, the Fisherman's Wharf, I don't know, it's a whole thing that that's where they got it from or that Disneyland got it from them. I don't know, but I guess I, this whole time when I go to Disneyland, I could get this bread bowl. But I also don't go when it's like bread bowl weather. It's usually pretty hot. You don't want a bread bowl when it's hot. Um, but the first time I went to San Francisco uh, to tell jokes, I was with... Um, so the second time I told went to San Francisco. So the first, the second, the first time I went to tell jokes, I was with uh, three dudes, the headliner, and two guys that were also opening for the headliner, right? And we were telling jokes in Oakland. And actually, at this time, this is the biggest crowd I had ever performed in front of. It was like three hundred people. It was, it was, it was 
really fun and scary. It was a good lesson. I was in the bathroom afterwards and I was the only girl and I was in the bath. I told you guys this where I felt like Sydney in Scream. Oh, these two women were talking shit about me, except for I didn't do what Sydney from Scream did because I'm not a 16 year old girl. I came out and looked those bitches in the eye and then they scurried away. I was like, don't talk shit about the only female comic on a show. They were like, the only one we didn't like was the girl. Yeah, girls aren't always that funny. And I was like, gross, don't perpetuate that. Yeah, it wasn't the best set ever. I've only been doing this for like four years, right? So afterwards I was like the only thing I want and we were going to San Francisco the next day because the headliner had to do like a radio thing and I was like the only thing I want to do in San Francisco is I really want a bread bowl I have had this written down to tell you guys about for a very long time and I don't even know if it's going to be that funny I don't know if the payoff is going to be as great but I really wanted this bread bowl I really wanted this bread bowl and we and these three guys bless their souls were determined to get me my fucking Red Bull. So we, for some reason, couldn't find one. When I went back to San Francisco for the first time early, like last year, or earlier this year, I found it in uh, seconds. You know, it was not hard to find, but for some reason this day, nobody had them. It was like, oh, we're out of it. Oh, try this one over. Like nobody had it. And at this point, I was like, I'm cool. I don't need the Red Bull. But the headliner was like, once I get something in my head, I won't let it go until we do it. So uh, like, even if you're over getting this bread bowl, I'm getting you a fucking bread bowl. And so we finally did. I don't know how long we walked, but then we're sitting down. Nobody else gets one. Nobody else cares about this. I'm sitting there and I'm eating it and I'm so happy and try and picture the scene. So I'm sitting on like the pier in, in San Francisco. I'm eating my bread bowl. It's kind of fucking like, it's like, foggy out at San Francisco cloud. They call that Carl, by the way. I learned that for my uh, museum job that I will be telling the story. They call the fog Carl. And we're back to full circle. Um, and so I'm sitting there. It's, you know, the Carl is underway and a little pigeon comes up and sits next to me. And I thought, what harm could it do to give this little pigeon just one piece of bread? And then I did. And then the next thing I know, I'm swarmed by literally 50 pigeons just all standing there and flying around me. And the headliner was so mad. He's like, we spent all of this time finding you this damn bowl. And then you now you're having to give it to all the, the pigeons. I, I laughed extremely hard. I don't know if any of that was a payoff. Good, wish me luck with my new neighbor. I, I think I'm having childhood like safety trauma triggers come up, right? I think that that's what's kind of going on because I'm just like, I, I feel really scared about my space in my home. And I know that that's, you know, um, your home is like one of your most important places and you want it to be safe and comfortable and kind and have this great energy around it. And Mike was just the perfect neighbor. He was just so great. You could call him if you needed something. He was here. You felt safe. When we had that one neighbor who got evicted and then was like breaking in, uh, I felt safe knowing him. He was there. You know, I just, I hope whoever this gentleman is, that he is, I just hope normal. Just normal. And not crazy loud, but not crazy quiet. Can't everyone just, statistically, there's like 20 people that are normal, right? And by normal, you know what I mean? Like not 20, but there's more like people who are in, I don't even know if that's true. Mom is tired. Um, 
I will leave you with this. This guy said something to me. I don't know. At a festival. This guy's kind of kooky, but I do like working with him. Uh, he's kooky. He is kind of annoying to work next to because he yells and does the same straw spiel all day and tells the same straw joke about the turtles and laughs, cackles every customer. And then he'll start talking to your customers about it and cackles. And the first few, you're like, oh, that's cute. And then you're like, oh, you're going to do that for seven hours. Oh, it's really annoying. Please stop. But I, I, w the first time I worked next to him, he, you know, he's very positive, very like, you know, say I'm powerful and, you know, I'm kind and I'm worthy. And he's like doing these affirmations and it's, it's kind of, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a cool day. I've never really had any interactions with this guy. And then he goes, do you know what the dude, you know, the big Lebowski, the dude is really about? And I was like, I've only seen that movie one time, so I don't remember movies. I know there's bowling and John Goodman involved. Um, I think there was a murder, maybe. I'll probably revisit it. But then he goes, <laughs> you know, he looked at me like I was crazy because I said all of that. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. And he wears a robe everywhere. He goes, the dude has one specific theme. And I don't know if this is fully true, but I wrote it down and I, especially in times that we are living right now, um, you know, I mean, I know some things are completely out of our control and they're really heartbreaking and sad and like ripping, you know, normal empathetic humans up inside. Um, my cousin is probably like, well, it doesn't really affect me. So I don't care because <laughs> uh, that's what she has said several times in our lives. Uh, but the dude, don't allow someone's actions to destroy your p inner peace. That's what that guy was like. That's what the dude is trying to teach us. Don't allow someone's actions to destroy your inner peace. And I have not revisited that movie. And to be honest with you, I don't know if and when I ever will. It's a, it's a busy life. And I've got like four things on the docket. My friend Maggie Mayfield, who I do have... Uh, podcast with you should see her special it's on Amazon and YouTube she said check it out on YouTube it's better for her number wise so check it out on YouTube it's called social media is fake um, that is the number one thing I want to watch and totally kill her next so those are on my list and I don't have time I haven't had any time or brain power to watch one of my best friends specials um, so I probably will not see the big Lebowski again for many years to come and maybe I don't want to because I do like to think that that is what that guy you know embodies don't let the actions of others destroy your inner peace and I've had a really hard time lately remembering that and I'm back to doing things you know the very specific self-care things that I do that help my mental health and help me keep aligned and to me that is the unshakable sense of self and as soon as I started freaking out that people were going to leave me is when I was like, oh, my codependence is back. Oh, I got to get back into, you know, doing my, my spiritual gym shit because I'm allowing the actions of other people to destroy my inner peace. And I had worked so hard to get to a point where that wasn't happening. And the good news is I caught it early. You know what I mean? Like it's much easier to keep yourself together than it is to put yourself back together. So I was able to catch it before you know I, I have enough awareness that this tiny thing happened and I'm like oh no I need to get back into that spiritual gym but um yeah man I 
I'm sending you all a lot of love. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Check in with yourself. It's a lot going on right now. And I see it on social media. I hear it in close friends' lives that we're all just kind of going through it. And there's a lot happening in the world. And everything is expensive and hard. Be kind to yourself. Just this is your daily, this is your reminder, not daily, I, I see you once a week, but your reminder to just be so fucking kind to yourself. Whew. And, you know, I'm one lucky broad that I get to come here and remind myself of that too. And I'm one lucky broad that I've done enough work on myself that I can tell when things are getting off track and I can quickly get them back on track. I am really grateful for that. Um, I don't have a poop scoop this week. I've been real gassy lately and I don't know what to do with that. Um, Send me your poop scoops. One of you just messaged me and said you have a poop scoop and there might be an audio. So what you can do is you can do an audio on your phone and then email it to me so your voice will be on crawl space. There's only been two voices on a crawl space that like a regular crawl space for a really long time or the whole time. So be the third. Uh, Send me your poop scoops to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. K-Y-M-K-R-A-L space S-P-A-C at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to join Patreon, I would love that. Uh, You get two bonus episodes along with some other mailings. Um, I just found the mailings I was supposed to send a week, two weeks ago uh, at the bottom of my purse. So if I promised you to look in your mailbox and you did and you haven't seen anything, that is why mom is tired. Uh, be kind to yourself. Um, but yeah, all that will be there. Uh, or that will be there very soon. Uh, and then also, I'm almost done with that audiobook, and you'll get a free download of that. Um, so if you can join Patreon, I would love it. If you can't, I understand. I know the world is on fire. Um, just you showing up and listening every week means the world to me. Oh, and you get early access to this. I'm actually on like a track where you get it every Thursday, which is really something I'm proud of. Um, I love you all. That is the episode. Be kind. Be safe. Oh, just be so kind to yourself and everybody else. The world's on fire. You know, be part of the solution. Don't be a part of the fucking problem. Be cool, soda pop. Uh, That's it. Thank you. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space. I'm